Hello, and welcome to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. You have questions, I have questions, and we're going to explore this community together. I'm your host, Philip Reventish, Chief Storyteller of Gotta Story Media. This episode is possible thanks to our sponsor, Three Wells, a company that is demystifying the new world of marijuana for grown-ups. Find them online at threewells.co. Be well, live well, do well. My guest today is Adelia Carrillo, the co-founder and CEO of the Direct Cannabis Network, the leading digital news network covering the latest tech, entrepreneurs, and innovative companies in the cannabis community. Adelia bootstrapped her San Diego company from the ground up, and I personally rely on DCN to keep me informed about what's happening in the cannabis business. Adelia, thank you so much for taking time to be on my show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your background and what motivated you to launch Direct Cannabis Network. What's your story, Adelia? So I come from the consumer electronic industry. Um, You know, I started from the bottom, data entry, and worked my way up into business development, sales, and then working with Fortune 500 companies. And I thought that was going to be my career. You know, I loved what I was doing. I was around technology, innovation, customization. It was really cool. About four years ago, I had some turn of events in my own life. Um, I had some health issues and led me down a different road. Um... I had to have an emergency surgery, and the medicine wasn't working, Um, so I got introduced to cannabis, and I said, why not? You know, like, it was a last resort. Um, I kind of laughed about it, too, though, because I was like, I'm just going to get the munchies. Like, how is this really going to help me? But I was kind of at that brim of, this isn't working. I need something else. So you had you had no previous conceptions of what cannabis might do for you, or did you know something about it at that time, or was this a completely new track for you? I experimented when I was younger, but I had no knowledge of the medicinal aspect at all, okay. like at all, entirely. Like I was just thinking, you know, young, I experimented with it, it was fun, um, but no knowledge of the medicinal aspect, which changed, obviously, as I started to go in the route of treating myself with cannabis. It opened my mind. It changed everything about me, about my perception of cannabis, um, going through what I went through. It also not only physically affected me, but emotionally, and it helped all aspects of that. So from that experience, what led to the formation of DCN? So as I became a patient, I started researching what I like. You know, I love tech, I love startups, entrepreneurship and innovation. And I would go into Google 10 pages in and I couldn't really find the content that I wanted, that I I wanted to read about. You know, I wanted to know these whys these entrepreneurs were coming in. I wanted to see more of the innovation aspect of things. And there were some great resources, but like I said, I was 10 pages in not finding enough good content. So I really started looking at it as a whole and and that kind of aha moment came and it was like we need an ecosystem for entrepreneurs in the cannabis space we need to give a voice for this um and then two in that journey i started listening and you know as the community started turning into this industry that we're becoming you hear how people don't want kind of like that big business aspect to come in so i really realized that DCN, that the idea that I was evolving could kind of be that bridge. We could mix some community aspect with business aspect and really make it evolved. And so that's kind of how it evolved. And we launched a pilot in 2015. That began the journey. Wow. And I've been using the phrase um, over the past month that as an industry, we must first be a community. So 
you cover a lot of topics at DCN. How do you decide what to cover, and is there a process? Lots of processes, and it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's always changing. You know, in the beginning when we launched DCN, it was, what do we like? You know, let's talk about entrepreneurs. Let's talk about tech. Let's talk about innovation. Um, I still think, too, we had like almost like a, not a midlife crisis, but we were still learning. We didn't really know too much yet of that approach, but the beginning pieces were, what do we like? And then from there, we took the data and saw what got the most engagement and then tweaked it to really creating the right kind of content, content that the audience wanted. And then as it changed, you know, we saw a need because we started getting emails and calls and questions about how do I do this? Like, how do I have a business, make a business plan? You know, how do I go get funding? How can I find the right team? And at that point, we've already been able to go organically grow our audience in DCN. And they've, there's a lot of CEOs and brands that want to build their voice. So we're like, this could be a win-win. And that's when we started doing our contributor opportunity. We don't know everything. We're not experts. We're, we, we know we're not going to go down that road of trying to learn everything about accounting or legal. That's not us. So this opportunity is we get to bring in these, these brands and CEOs, and they get to provide a voice for what they're experts in. And now that feeds and educates the audience and helps what they're wanting to learn and then also helps DCN. So now we focus on still entrepreneurs, still tech and innovation. Uh, we talk about companies getting funded and acquired, and then there's really starting to build more on the education and business side of things within the topics. So I've noticed on your site, and yes, I'm a subscriber. <laughs> Thank you. I've noticed that that you you provide topics for both business, as you were just saying, mm-hmm. but also for consumers, because I know you do product reviews and things mm-hmm. along those lines. So is it a tricky balance to keep that kind of, you know, using some lingo, B2B and B2C <laughs> within what you're trying to do? It is. It is very hard because we are essentially business focused, you know, and, and that is our main focus. But you do have to balance it because cannabis is is cool. You know, there's a lot of innovation. <laughs> yes, and, yes, it and, is. <laughs> and it's fun. And, you know, we wanted to kind of have that modern approach coming into this as a business focused uh media source so we wanted to mix both you know we wanted to educate these these professionals um, and at the end of the day they're consumers too so it helps um, but it's a very hard balance at times and you have to be very clear and always kind of go back to your mission statement to make sure that are we creating the right content for our audience so I want to follow up on something that you mentioned and getting back to the data for just a second. Mm-hmm. So you started out like a traditional marketer. Mm-hmm. What's the data saying? You know, yeah. what are people doing on the site? You're tracking all that. But then you have another data set where people are contacting you and saying, hey, we want to do this and we do that. So how do those two forms of data merge and which one do you listen to more, right? The yeah. real world or the cyber world, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> that becomes... The hard part, because I do believe there's more value listening to exact feedback from people. Because um, you never know really where those resources are on the back end in the data aspect. You know, I mean, you do to a certain extent. But yeah, I'm, that's a hard one, actually, to be honest. I, I would say uh, looking at it, the data is helpful, but the, the feedback from the the audience is something that we strive for more because that's our communication. That's who our audience is, and they're willing to take the time to reach out to us and let us know, you know, what we're doing right, what we're missing, or what they want to know. You mentioned that you started to grow organically. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit more about that process? I yeah. mean, was there a point where it was like, 
oh, this is really starting to take off. Was that was there like an epiphany moment or how did that realization that, hey, we're really taking off here, how did that come about? Well, it's funny because I remember, you know, this started in my room. I remember building this whole thing and building our small team. And in the beginning, it was just my friends. You know, you can see people signing up and a lot of them were my friends, and, and which was great. But as time went on, then I would occasionally go and look at our subscriber list. And I'm like, I don't know these people, you know, or, or looking at our stats. And it's like now today we're being viewed in all 50 states and 175 countries. And this is no marketing budget. You know, we're bootstrapped. We're still fundraising right now for our seed round. And so we've had to really have an organic approach. And which, what has been great is that we write about entrepreneurs and their companies, and they want other people to see that. And so they'll start to share. And then people love learning about tech and cannabis. And then that's those little things are, are like, again, cool. So they'll start to share that as well. So that has really been able to evolve our growth organically on DCN. So what I'm hearing is, of course, social media mm-hmm. plays a large role in that. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about your channels? Yeah, so we utilize a variety of different channels. Um, obviously, our website is the main you know, focus. We want people to come to our site. Um, but we have we utilize Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yes, there's issues for people with Instagram and Facebook accounts. Um, you know, we see it all the time. For the cannabis industry, the right? Cannabis a lot of people industry. don't realize that, that yeah. Facebook has been clamping down recently on cannabis-based business. So, yeah, um, I, yeah how, how has that affected you guys? It's tough. You know, we've, we've seen a slowdown in, in the followers on those areas, but we are testing out different things. So Facebook Live allows, you know, uh, you to kind of beat the algorithm that they're they're hiding us because you get notified if somebody else is watching a Facebook Live. So it's tweaking the system. You know they're they're making it hard for us. So like let's use their system against them in a sense. <laughs> That's kind of a guerrilla tactic, and I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we also utilize LinkedIn, which has been huge. You know that one is obviously number one for us because that's where our audience really is. Uh, we are on Apple News. We have a channel there. Um, and we do Flipboard, and we haven't tested Pinterest too much, but it's really get yourself everywhere you yeah, can, exactly. you know? Yeah. Well, when you have the resources to do it, right? Yeah. You're, you're still in startup mode, you're exactly. bootstrapping, so what resources do you have to manage all those social media accounts? Exactly. You and I both know that this industry is changing every day. So for you at DCN, is that a good thing, or is it a curse? It's, I don't want to say it's a curse. I think it allows us to have the opportunity to learn these pain points that these other companies and entrepreneurs are facing and then look at that to interview them and to be able to understand, you know, how did they work through that and then share that so that other entrepreneurs don't go down the same steps um, or don't waste as much money as they did, you know, um, it does get challenging though, because you hear the pain and the, the the pain points and how hard it is for entrepreneurs in this space to really build their business. And everything's changing. You know, packaging's a perfect example. They made all these changes for packaging, and then they changed it again after so many people spent so much money. And nobody's. Everybody says this is a you know the green rush, which I don't like that word at all. But right. they, they say that you know, and yes, there's money being made, but there's everybody's still bootstrapped. Everybody's still startup mode. Their money's tied in with licensing or, or uh, business fees that, you know, there's very few companies that are 
that are easy manage right now that are you know making consistent revenue that have things a lot easier it's it's really hard here yeah exactly and even on the 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 media side of it right Mm -hmm. i mean you're in that space i'm in that space everyone that i talk to when i say that i'm on in cannabis marketing they're like oh well there's a lot of money there and i'm like wait you don't understand Mm -hmm. that even just uh, take a dispensary for example in california you can't even think about opening one unless you've got a quarter of a million dollars at a minimum mm-hmm. sitting around. So where's, do you think they're going to have money left over for marketing <laughs> and media? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. right? So it's a, it's a growth process. I so think. does that play into your, your business philosophy as well with that realization and fact? Yeah, well, the reality is for any media company, we need eyeballs. We need an audience before we can even start charging. And so that I already knew in the beginning and then it's kind of a win-win, but it does make it challenging right now because you're right. A lot of these companies don't have the budgets, but I truly believe by us and, 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 and companies like yourself, like media companies like yourself, by offering interviews and, and things without asking for a price tag, that comes back. You know, once they're making money, they're going to be like, who gave me a voice first? Who believed in me and gave me their time when I was just starting out, you know, they'll come back to us and, and want to work with us, you know, or, or find ways to work with us. So, um, it is a little challenging right now, but our audience is growing, you know, every day. Um, there's more and more companies coming in. It's a global industry. So it's just time. And I think that for me, it's also making investors, you know, one of the things I'm dealing with, making sure investors realize that, you know, yes, we may not be at certain numbers that they would expect a media company to be, but the long term, we will. You know, we just need to take a chance in these entrepreneurs and give them a voice now and and provide the content that our audience wants and that they're hungry for. So following up on the challenges, Mm -hmm. (laughs) running a business day to day is hard enough. um, But what are your greatest challenges just on a day to day basis? I would say it's really understanding kind of how to maneuver in that in, you know, getting a consistent revenue stream that that is definitely big um and so we're pivoting all the time we're testing new things out we're reaching out to our audience and asking them you know what is it that we could offer because traditional media uh, models which is you know cpms and, and clicking on banner ads is kind of the old way and it doesn't really work anymore and also, I don't want our website to just be filled with a bunch of banner ads and, and hide the content. You know, it's original content and it's good content and we want people to just consume it as much as they can and not be distracted. So it's really just finding how can we still build a successful revenue model that works, um, that still follows kind of our mission and brand presentation. Uh, the other thing is bandwidth. We're still small. We don't, we're not able to expand and, and utilize, you know, uh, building a big team yet. Um, so you got to get creative. You know, you got to find partners. You got to find tools. There's so many tools out there that can help you with your day to day. But our audience is so hungry right now, and bandwidth has been one of the bigger challenges. Is how can we continue to feed them basically? With, you know, when it's a small team. <laughs> so putting your CEO hat on, where do you want DCN to be in a year? There's a lot. <laughs> well, we have time. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> in a year, you know, I see internally, I see us having a bigger team. I see an like a bigger office space that can be integrated for our B2B events that we can interchange to all of our different sets. Um, outside, you know, I really see us not just focusing on cannabis events and, and, and cannabis, 
you know, uh, yeah, I guess more cannabis events and conferences. I want to be outside of the kind of cannabis bubble just because there's so much going on out there that we could kind of bridge that gap and connect a lot of like-minded individuals individuals who are not in cannabis uh, to have a better understanding of cannabis, but also train them to know it's not just about dollar signs, you know? They open the doors to make them realize the why these people are doing it so that then as they come in, they kind of had a better better mindset than just focusing on the money aspect. So do you think education, I mean, in terms of content, Mm -hmm. do you think education plays a key role? I mean, not for just people that know cannabis, but people that might might not know anything about cannabis. What's your perspective on education? I think it's key. I think every one of us need to be providing some forms of education, you know, whether it's Let's say, you know, the cannabis chefs providing education on consuming cannabis. Um, companies like f- for DCN, it's it's educating on business in the cannabis space and, you know, sharing the entrepreneur's story. Um, you know, just a variety of what, what you're doing and tweaking it to providing education in that form uh, to really help evolve the understanding of the cannabis plant itself, the cannabis community, and the cannabis industry. In episode five of... Um this podcast, I interviewed Ashley Pacillo, who is the author of uh, um, Breaking the Grass Ceiling, Women, Weed, and Business. Mm-hmm. So you're a founder and CEO of a startup. Mm-hmm. If you were to have a conversation with a woman that is thinking about getting into the cannabis business in some capacity, mm-hmm. what would you say to her? And this one, this is what I would say to anyone, but it's, and I still get asked this, that's why I always state it, is, you know, People assume you have to just go and become a bud tender or work at a dispensary or become a grower. But when you look at their resume, that's not what they excel in. You know, they may be somebody that has a huge degree in marketing or, you know, they're, they're just knowledgeable in some other area that it's look at what you can bring that is that you're an expert in or that you have done for a very long time because we need that. We need all of it. You know, it, it's still a new industry. We still have a lot of challenges and as simple, everybody talks about it, the banking issue, you know, or right, right. finding basic service providers. You still get turned down, you know, even to find out a venue for just a business event, people will turn you down. Taxes, they don't want to work with the cannabis company. We're not going to do your taxes. You so. mean on the, like the accounting side? Yeah, even accounting, you'll get oh, turned down. I hadn't even down. thought of that. Yeah, people will just not want to work with you. So we need all kinds of minds. So whatever you're good at, bring that to this space, go to as many networking events, talk to as many people and find the pain points. And then that's really utilizing those areas is how you can really find your path into this space. Well, that's essentially what you did. Yeah, You were in another industry and brought that skill set to this industry. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, I didn't know it at the time. It just happened. <laughs> but now I see it. Now I see it transform. Well, and and that's similar to, to my story with, with Got A Story Media. When I launched in, in January of 2018, I knew I was going to get into the cannabis space in some capacity because I believed in it. And I'm not an activist, but and I'm an enthusiast about the plant. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know to what degree I was going to get involved in it. And then a couple months ago, I decided, no, this is for me. Enough doors opened that I was going to get all in. So, yeah, the career that I've had in media, I'm now bringing that to, to the cannabis side of things as well. We're talking in your office in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the San Diego cannabis community for a little bit. San Diego tends to run a little bit more conservative um, politically. So 
from the government side of things, have they been supportive or are they keeping this community at arm's length or, you know, what's going on in San Diego? San Diego, it's it's a tight community. It's very small and organic. When looking at like the government and city officials, it's been hard. It has been challenging. Um, I've gone to a couple uh, meetings and, and board meetings and you still see a lot of that kind of Nancy Reagan kind of conversation about cannabis. So it's just a lot, which goes back to your education point, you know, it's just a lot of things that people are just still believing and not questioning and not really wanting to do the research on it. So it's slow in San Diego, but I think it's could be in our benefit right now, you know, because it's building a good tight community to work together and to really find out how we can change you know, city officials' minds on certain things. Um, I would say, though, it is starting to evolve. It is definitely starting to evolve. Um, I think there's more people that are paying attention and listening, but it's also, I think, because now they have somebody that may need cannabis or, you know, going through something that this might be their last resort. And it, it is usually that. When you're connected and you have to go through that because of, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody needs cannabis or somebody's going through cancer and this, you know, chemo's not working, it's that last resort, it, it changes people's perspectives. Um, and so that is where I'm starting to see more and more people get kind of curious when it comes to, you know, the, the locals and the, the government officials and whatnot. So we'll get there. But it's nothing like L.A. or, or NorCal. Kind of curious. I haven't heard that before. Can you claim ownership of that? Because I really like that. I, I'm sure it's, I don't know. No, I don't think I can. I'm sure I've seen it before. <laughs> okay, because I, I haven't heard that. That's really yeah. funny. I like that. Um, within the business community here, mm-hmm. do you, is, you know, you mentioned that you have even trouble getting event space to hold an event. Are there, it seems like there's a lot going on here. When I read DCN, yeah. it just seems like um, the community itself is very vibrant. So I know you mentioned, is it slow? But it seems to me like there is a lot going on here. Now, is that just because DCN just does a really good job? <laughs> or are there a fair amount of events going on um, within the community here? No, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of events um, and, and a variety of different events. You know, we, we are starting to see a lot more business events. We're like seeing, what? Uh, there was one that just happened, I believe, on... It was either... There's a couple, actually. There was one that was on marketing. Um, so, you know, talking to people about brands and, and how to market your brand. There was another one that was on investing in cannabis. Um, you're starting to see a lot more women organizations uh, down here. Um, so there's a company called the Pink Haze, and they launch a monthly event called the Pink Sesh, and it's bringing women, um, patients, entrepreneurs together to just hang out and, and you know, maybe partake in some can whatever chill out just bring their own cannabis and hang out and have fun and just talk and just become friends so there's cool there's a lot of cool events down here i would say but it sounds like they might be on a smaller scale versus like 100 200 count type of things like you find in los angeles yeah no 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 those will happen maybe every other month maybe you know during trade show season you'll see you'll have a, a couple good ones but we're not at that yet they're, they're not yet and I, it may be because of the venue aspect you know it may right be i mean that's hard. a bit of a stumbling block <laughs> if you can't have an event in an event space yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> right or they want to charge you more because oh because you're cannabis yeah. oh you've got lots of money and yeah, i'm like it's right. a business networking event like every other networking event come on <laughs> Looking at the big picture, I always like to ask this question because I always get different answers. Where do you think the cannabis business in California and nationally will be a year from now? 
Well, I hope a year from now for California, we'll see things go a bit better in the regulation standpoint. We'll have pricing for some of these licenses drop down to be more affordable. Um, it's hard, you know. The only way some of these companies can survive is if they give off so much of their company for investors. And that can also be challenging if you don't find the right investors. They could be just focused on, again, the bottom line, which they're supposed to, but you want them to still have a connection with what you're doing and believe in your mission. So um, I really hope that, like I said, the pricing goes down and it becomes more affordable or there's just more opportunity for a lot of these businesses to survive. You know, we're known, NorCal, the, the Emerald Triangle, known for these growers that have been doing this for years. And and this literally is- Literally underground. Yeah, literally underground. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, I might be going on a little kind of moment right here, but the thing is, like, we can't forget that. And No, we can't. No, no. No, as an industry, and I've said this before too, as an industry, we cannot forget the people that came before us yeah. that went to jail. Yeah, exactly. That are still in jail. And I get this often, which it really makes me frustrated. I have conversations with people that are coming in from the business aspect that they're like, you know, we're going to clean this house and, you know, we're going to show this industry how to become an industry. And it's like, no, you're coming now on the easy part. You were not there when things were tough, when they're risking their lives, they're risking their freedom. And now you want to come in and try to make this something. They've been doing it. Why don't you work together? You know, why don't you teach them what they don't know? And you guys build businesses together. So we still have that heart involved with now the business side of things. Because I don't want that to change. And I really believe that we as an industry have the opportunity to make this a better industry than any other industry out there and almost a role model industry. But it's up to people that are coming in with the money to really want to have a understanding of this plant and why all of us are doing what we're doing and why we're all here. It's about a community. Yeah, yeah, it is. This has been great. Now, where can people find you online? So first things first, go to directcannabisnetwork.com. You'll see all of our great content. You'll be able to check out our B2B directory and also learn about our upcoming events. And you can watch our shows. Um, Social media, uh, if you want to contact me, it's at Miss Adelia or at MissAdelia, not .com. Um, Or DCN is at underscore DC Network underscore. Excellent. We'll put that all in the show notes so people can find it online. Adelia, thank you so much for for, um, sitting down with me today. It's been a genuine pleasure. Thank you. I've had a blast. Hopefully I provided some good knowledge. Oh, you absolutely (laughs) did. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. Please subscribe and help us grow. Check out our show notes for more information about this podcast, Got a Story Media, and our sponsor, Three Wells. You can find us at gotastory.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-S-T-O-R-Y dot com.